0: Hello, and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview many of our provider attorneys, as well as some of the leading experts in the industry to isolate the best practices for building internet-generated leads and how to ethically and effectively offer unbundled legal services and other more affordable options in your practice. For more information about our services, visit www.unbundledattorney.com. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Today we're going to be interviewing one of our veteran provider attorneys, Ms. Marsha Stiles. And this is a really enjoyable call. She has been working with us for a number of years now. And one of the things that's unique about Marsha is that she started out in the Springfield, Missouri jurisdiction, and over the years has expanded to uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and Kansas City now. And these are not cities that are you know, just an hour apart, you know, it's literally the three corners of the state, you know, three to four hours apart, depending on where you're coming from. So she walks us through the process that she's gone through to open up these new regions, and how she's been able to leverage, you know, our lead generation services in order to do that. Some of the other things that we talk about in this episode, she talks about strategies for training her staff to call her leads when she's not available, without her having to lose any clients in the process. So she's streamlined that scripted it and trains her clients a specific way and she elaborates on that. We also talk about the importance of creating multiple service options like unbundled legal services and and then sharing them from the lowest cost option to the highest and why that allows your clients to be a lot more receptive to getting started in your practice. And we talk a lot about strategies for cultivating referrals. She has a lot of unique ways to do so such as offering in-home appointments and a number of other things as well. So this is a A really interesting call for creating ideas to work with clients in ways that you maybe hadn't considered before. And we also talk about the importance of building a legal brand rather than a law practice and how genuinely caring about your clients is the greatest sales strategy. This is a great call from one of our attorneys that has worked with us for for a very long time. So with that, we'll jump right in. This interview with Marcia Stiles, one of our provider attorneys out of Springfield, St. Louis, and Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Marcia! Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how are you today?
0: I'm excellent. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be back and chatting with you again. You're uh, quite busy these days, understandably, with the the amount of folks you we've been sending you, and the amount of people that have been retaining you. So I'm glad that we're getting a chance to to jump on the line and 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 catch up and and hear. And how things are going and learn more about your process. So thanks for joining us.
1: Well, I do apologize. I know we had to schedule this way out in advance. So, but, but like you said, I I have been keeping rather busy. So I'm very happy about that.
0: Yeah, it's a good sign. So maybe you could get, we could start by. I mean, I think, gosh, we've been working together for at least a couple years now, right? Since uh, since we first started.
1: Oh, definitely. I think it's been at least two years, at yep. least that much. If it's not more.
0: So you're one of our veterans of the program, so that's, uh, you got a lot of experience, and so we can talk a little bit more about kind of how, how many clients you've been taking and the offices and so forth, but maybe just a good place to start is you can kind of give people a little background on, on how you got started in the practice, the areas you serve, and, and what's in, what you focus on in your practice primarily.
1: Mm. I like to tell that people that I am a full-service practice because I am very multifaceted, I've been a teacher of law, so I try to develop areas of the practice and then I'll hire an attorney to take that over and I'll guide them and mentor them while I build up another practice area. Um, We do a lot of estate planning, asset protection, business development, family law and juvenile law, uh, among other things. Uh, We do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Bankruptcy I haven't tackled for a while and I haven't tackled too many things like uh, employment law. Uh, of late, but I prefer not
0: to. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and maybe you could share a little bit about the the areas you service because when we first started working together, you were focusing in, I think, on just Springfield, Missouri. But you know, I think you mentioned you're, you you came you grew up in St. Louis and. And now you have an office there, is that right?
1: Well, I grew up in actual Philadelphia, but I downsized to St. Louis and lived there for about 20 years and had a practice out there before working for the federal government for a while. So I do have people that still look me up um, because that's where I taught law at. And in in that happening, I decided to test the waters and see if I could expand my practice. Uh, So what I did is I contacted Unbundled Attorneys, and said that you're already doing, you're giving me leads from uh, Greene County and Taney County, Christian County, and some surrounding counties there. Um, So I decided to test the waters out and get some leads from there and get some leads from Kansas as well uh, and to see if it could be developed into something much more, enough to open up a satellite office. Um, And at this point, I I think it's justifying the cost. I mean, this is a great way to kind of cast your bread on the water and see if it floats because you're not investing a lot of money into it. I don't have an 800 number or a St. Louis area code at this time, although uh, we're probably working towards that 800 number. But even at that, uh, I let people know when I get back to them that we have multiple offices, and it does give me an air of – I guess, I don't want to say importance, but it, it puts me up there with the big dogs that have multiple offices around the world, even though I'm just in a little itty-bitty state called Missouri. But uh, it's been developing quite nicely to the point where I do have an attorney that, I'm, that I've am that i got working, a, starting on a part-time basis, and we're looking now for a physical office that we can work out of. Uh, he already has an office in a nice place, but... Um, we're working to get more of a presence where we can have our name on the marquee and things like that. But it's certainly something that I wouldn't have known would be a good investment had I not had the leads coming from that, that source.
0: Right. Gotcha. And that's maybe an interesting area to kind of dive into because most of our attorneys are working from one specific area of the state. We have a couple that, you know, handle an entire state and we've, We could talk about strategies for that as well. But, you know, you've gone from one specific area of state and then expanded into a new office. So maybe you can share a little bit about kind of how that process went. You know, you started taking some leads. I know you were doing some driving back and forth, but, you know, what was the first steps? And maybe you were fielding leads for yourself. And then, you know, and then how did you go about once you kind of figured out that, hey, maybe there might be something here, identifying the attorney that you might be able to, to to create a relationship with to feel them going forward in that region?
1: Well, um, I already kind of go back and forth a little bit because I do estate planning and I do it all over the state. Uh, and then I also have kids in St. Louis. So I'm very familiar with the area. The courts already know me. Um, and so one of the churches that I represent allowed me to use their facility as a satellite place. Um, Also, a lot of times, the local bar associations, uh, being an out-of-towner, your membership dues are very little, and you can use their conference rooms for almost no cost, and it's very pompous, and it's very nice to have clients come in. So I would do things like that, and I would go down there twice a month. I'd have it pre-scheduled. I'd just do back-to-back intakes. The frustrating thing, of course, you know, is when you don't have someone show up, but usually... I can get people confirmed ahead of time so I know what I'm looking at. And uh, I figured out that if I can get two new clients a month, that that justifies the cost of hiring a part-time attorney. And that way that person can make my appearances for me and the cases can be worked up. And uh, and exploring it further, it just looks like a really good idea to pay this person a salary to start handling some of the cases and, and doing a few of the intakes as well. And so I met somebody that I was able to, that had my mindset. Uh, I explained to him the the greater project out there of having a satellite office. and he, and, it, and it's funny because this person really does not care for family law too much. But when I described to him what the ultimate goal was. He was very interested and he has very good management skills and so um, the hope is to develop it enough that when we do move into a physical building that's just ours and not a satellite office that will have um, junior attorneys in there so that he can supervise them and, and be more in that capacity and doing the uh, other areas of the law and training up the the newer attorneys to do the family law. So that really set well with him. He looks at it as an investment long-term for himself. And then we have uh, we just tag team. Uh, there are cases that he's uncomfortable with, and I go in there and I'll litigate them. And uh, there's cases that he's fine with, and I'll work them up and I'll ask him to go represent on because he's closer. Um, and we've just worked out a good relationship like that.
0: Mm, gotcha. And and so when the leads come through, you've got leads coming through in S- Springfield, you got leads coming through in Kansas City, and then you have leads coming through in St. Louis. Does he field the ones in St. Louis or do you kind of kind of go back and forth and then you kind of get him set up like what how does that how do you guys manage the your know, leads coming into one source and then and then distributing them accordingly from there?
1: Um well, uh what do I do? is I field them from this office and we get the appointment set up for the face to face in his office. If it's a phone intake, which we offer phone intakes for some people, then it goes to whomever's available. Usually I'm doing most of the intakes myself. Um, I have a, a very large experience in sales and, and closing and things like that, so I'm very good with doing that. The face to face, he's really good with. Uh, but when there is a client that, maybe on the fence, he calls me and I just close it. But what we have set up, we call it the hot phone. It's a cell phone that our office number will go to by hitting option two. So you could call in the middle of the night and you can actually get to somebody. So if a person were to call, we would be able to address that immediately. And when a lead comes in, the leads go to the email that's on that cell phone. So whoever has... Possession of the cell phone for that night automatically calls to try to make contact with that person. In the unlikely event that we cannot reach them for some reason or another, we automatically send an email letting them know we're going to call you when we reopen at 8 a.m. from our Springfield office, but we do have multiple offices in different areas. So, and that seems to very few people have raised an eyebrow at that. We've had maybe one say, well, I think I'd rather be with somebody more local. And once we explain that we are local, they were fine.
0: Gotcha. And then eventually you'll be, you know, once you kind of take that next step, you'll have the, the local number in St. Louis. So even those, you know, that one person that might have raised an eyebrow, right. even feel so that would basically handle that entirely. Okay. And then you, you mentioned, you know, no-shows. So maybe we'll just cover that real quick cause you know, given that you, you're kind of handling multiple regions, I'm sure that's a challenge because the last thing you want to do is, you know, drive, you know, across the state and then have the folks that you've booked and not show up. So were there some things that you some systems that you implemented that improved the no show rate over time? And if so, um, what did you find has worked the best to make sure that you're limiting the amount of folks that don't show up?
1: Well, what we do is we, we try to contact them immediately. That gives people a lot of warm fuzzies right there. Uh, that's a legal term, by the way. But when we schedule the appointment, we let them know that we'll, we'll, we're will we going to call them up the day before the appointment and confirm it. And if it's not confirmed, we're not going to be sitting there waiting. We do let them know that if they miss the appointment or have to reschedule without at least 24 hours notice than when they do schedule the next appointment, that there is a fee associated with that. And that seems to do the trick.
0: Gotcha. Is there a, when you first make contact with them, is there a fee for that next appointment or that's basically their first step after you chat with them to get to know your firm and they're not paying necessarily to come in?
1: Right. We, we want to make sure that I really try to keep that first one absolutely free. It, it works for the client because they're going to get a face-to-face meeting and they're going to be able to answer get all their questions answered and for me I'll sit there and I'll tell the client that you know this is my opportunity for you to relax give me everything that you got and you don't have to fear this ungodly bill coming from this meeting but after this meeting I care enough about your finances that I'm going to get it all now and I'm not gonna call you into the office every time we have a court hearing. I won't call you into the office every time we need to sign something. I'm gonna be efficient with the money that you give me so that we're using it wisely. And hopefully, uh, at the end of the day, you can see something come from that. And I let the client know that even when they're giving a full retainer and making payments on the payment plan schedule, that that money in the trust account is there to ensure payment but that we're not just looking at that and saying that's the money we're going to spend. I, I let my clients know that if I can offer a refund at the end of the of their case, that's just good marketing for me. That makes the client feel a little bit more relaxed about entrusting me with their funds and knowing that I'm going to do a good job for them without gouging them.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, so now we're starting to chat a little bit more about kind of how you work with the client. So maybe we can start from the beginning as far as when that lead comes in You mentioned that you guys try to call them right away, and sometimes that's possible for you personally to do that because of your schedule. But other times, you're in a meeting, you're at court. So how have you been able to be effective at calling them as soon as possible? Because as you know, it does make a real big difference in the contact ratio and and then how the client feels as a result. How do you work around making sure you're getting back to them as quickly as possible?
1: We always have somebody uh, at the front desk. We have a dedicated email that these uh, intakes come in through, that all our leads come in through. And so in the office, that email is up on on my receptionist's screen. And she also has, when I'm out of the office, she also has the office cell phone. That way I can text her back and forth if I need information. And those leads come in on both of those sources so that they pop up right away we know there's a lead we can call right away when the office is closed that cell phone goes home with somebody now I get leads on my phone even though I don't have I might not have what we call the hot phone Um, and either myself or whoever has that phone calls right away to make that first connection with that person and uh, just to give them a little bit of information and let them know that we're very approachable and that we're attorneys that are responsive to their phone calls because that's the biggest complaint people have with attorneys is that attorneys don't return their calls. Hmm.
0: And so you'll have someone that that has that hot phone that will call them back even after normal business hours?
1: Even at 11 o'clock at night. I've had I've had leads coming at 3 a.m. and while I did not call them, I confess I did send them an email right away saying Hey, I just happened to wake up and see this. Hope you don't mind, but I'm going to wait till the morning to call you, um, and that was fine.
0: Wow, wow! You guys are really you know, doing everything you can to get back to them, so I'm sure people really appreciate that. And by the way, how do people respond when you give them a ring back at, say 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. when they just submit the request? I'm, I'm assuming they're
1: they're, they're pretty, pretty surprised
0: by you guys willing, yeah
1: shocked <laughs> but that but it's a pleasant surprise uh, and then when they find out we're so flexible and working with them um and and we try to take um we take a holistic approach. We've got people that call quite often, and unfortunately, we can't help them. they're calling and the kids are in another state and we're not licensed in that other state. And we just give them a little bit of peace of mind so that way they know that they're going to get another response. And and even if it's not as quickly as our response was, that they're going to have somebody that's, that's pretty much like us and willing to work with them and try to do all they can to help them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so maybe we can start chatting a little bit about once you do get them on the phone. And by the way, if you're not the one to speak with them, and let's say it's your assistant, do you have the assistant get into the specifics of their legal situation, or is their primary role to schedule a time for them to speak with you?
1: Their primary role is to get enough of the facts. they cannot give legal advice and they let them know it, but it is to explain the process and how we go about doing business, how we go about scheduling them for an intake. We don't charge for that intake unless, of course, they have to reschedule. Um, or they miss an appointment without any notice, then we'll charge them a fee for the next one. We let them know what full representation looks like, but also that we work in other ways, too, such as unlimited, um, excuse me, limited scope, uh, and we explain what limited scope is. My assistants, they go through and they explain all that, but they do get enough of the facts so they can determine is this an in-state case or was it erroneous, them contacting us, and also just to try to put them at ease. That that person that talks with them the first time has got to be somebody very likable, uh, somebody that's going, even if they don't have the answers, just, that just puts that person at ease so they can relate to them and know that when they call this office, they've got some caring individuals on the other line.
0: Gotcha. And so they do actually get into some of the specifics of the different cost options that you guys typically offer. and and did you have to did you kind of script that for them or how did you end up training them so that you know because we have had some attorneys that have had challenges with having someone other than themselves do that initial call because people kind of get sticker shock and then they kind of go away before the initial appointment so how have you kind of worked around that or you know trained them so that they're giving kind of like more of a a general basis so that people aren't getting you know scared away by that initial call right over the phone
1: well, we do have a script that they use, and frankly, until they get that sucker memorized, they're they're not on their own. But they have, you know, pretty much like a, a little tree that they go through. They ask if, you know, they want to make sure it's a good time to talk. They want to make sure that the guy that they're talking to has a pen and paper handy so that they can write down notes. They ask a little bit about what's going on so they can ascertain, you know, what county is this in, what state is this in. They ask a little bit about, you know, what they, their finances look like, what, what kind of employment they have. The nice thing about it is we try not to be very clinical about it, more like a chit-chat kind of thing, so that clients are a little bit more comfortable talking about those things. Often clients don't, potential clients don't want to talk about their income because they think your rates are going to go up. So we kind of try to talk a little bit about just how, how their life is going in general and what brought them to this place that they're at now calling an attorney. And then we just go down the line and ask them if it's something that they're just looking into, you know, or if they talked to another attorney yet, and, and if they see themselves hiring an attorney, all that good good stuff that you want to yep. get. Um, and then ask them if they would want to save money on it, if they could represent themselves or do some of the work. No matter who comes so you... in the door, we always, when we do talk to them, we back that up by giving them a little sheet that says nine ways to save on your legal fees and give them some ideas about doing that, regardless of whether they wanted representation on a limited scope basis or on a full basis. But we hmm. have the uh, person on the phone making sure that they understand the difference between full representation, limited scope, just document preparation, document assistance, and client coaching. And then once okay,
0: so you've got full representation, limited scope, client coaching, so... It sounds like you're, you guys are using the the unbundled attorney, or at least a variation of the the primary introduction script. And then, how do how do you have how do you explain, or how do they explain, if you remember kind of roughly how you guys phrase it? How do you break down those various different options, and and what are the price points that maybe a, a, a initial call person, maybe not yourself, just someone that's you know a receptionist or something, would be able to break down the options so that client has a general idea of, of what they're looking at financially?
1: Well, all of, everybody that works here, they shadow me for a couple of weeks in my appointment so they can see how I deal with people and how I explain it to them. Um, they know that they can't quote fees, and uh, you know they, just, they, they tell them pretty much that if you went to a dentist, you wouldn't want the hygienist telling people that they need oral surgery. They would want to wait for the dentist to come in and do that and that's kind of their role is just to get it all cleaned up and neat so that the that the attorney can come in and really assess what they need, and so and that and they can relate to that. Um, so we can't they can't give them a, a ballpark on what it would cost for full representation, but they can say, you know, with limited scope representation, we're able to do it on as to what you can afford that we get a retainer um, for for what you need. Uh, Usually a simple document review is we charge an hour for um, if they would like us to draft something. We have some flat rates that that we're still kind of tweaking on, you know, just making sure that the prices are accurate, but basically if you want a petition drafted and the ancillary documents that go with that, you have in the state of Missouri, you have an income and expense, you have a property and debt. You have a certificate of dissolution for a divorce. And we can usually bundle that up for about $800 for those initial documents. Or uh, in this state, we do have a self-represent website where you can get the form and you can go down and check the boxes and fill it in. And then we can check it over for you to make sure you not only filled it out correctly but that you're not changing yourself. Uh, and, And a lot of people value that. Uh, just being able to come in and knowing what that process is after they file that paper.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you're kind of stepping from the bottom of the ladder and kind of working your way up where you can come in for an hour. We can give you coaching and advice. You can get the forms. We can review. You know, that's about an hour. And then you have kind of the next level, which is the petition. We draft it. It's usually working on a flat rate. And maybe your staff can give them kind of a range, 500 to 1,000, somewhere in there. And then they then do they also talk about kind of the next step where you know we kind of handle things from start to finish and that's where we'll start kind of we'll start with a retainer you pay a little bit higher rate up front and then we bill it by the hour from there. Is right do they kind of go cover the whole gamut
1: right and they and they cover that you know it, even when we do full representation we have paralegals that charge a little that you know we bill out at a little bit less. We have a team approach here and that everybody is familiar with their case, so that way when they call, anybody can usually give them a status about where their case is at. And then uh, we offer, you know, all my clients, they, they have the ability to reach an on-call attorney if they have questions, if they have an emergency. Uh, we do charge a fee for that, but it's nominal. It's just to keep people from calling me in the middle of church on Sundays, uh, and they usually respect that. But it does begin with, okay, you know, there's some documents that you can look at on on the Internet that you can do yourself. What do you think about those? Oh, I don't know about that. You yeah. know, so, okay, well, if you don't like the idea of that, what about if you had somebody draft that up for you? Would you feel better about that, you know? And if that suits them fine, then they do that. And sometimes they just want somebody to go, you know, handle the default judgment you know, that client, uh, that court appearance because they don't really speak well for themselves or they're not familiar with the rules of evidence. And a lot of times they just get something, they're representing themselves already, but they have something that's strange to them, like interrogatories, um, and we can go over it with them and just explain it to them and handle any objections that, that, that they might want to pose. Uh, and we can quote them a. F- flat rate on that because we know about how much time it'll take to go over it.
0: Yeah, I really like the way you're kind of, you know, again, doing more of a bottom-up approach where you're kind of addressing where they're at right now and then kind of the lowest to highest services you can provide. You know, do you feel comfortable getting those forms? How do you feel about that? I don't know. And then you say, well, you know, if you'd like as alternatively, we can go and prepare that for you. Would that feel better? Yes, it would. Okay. And then, and then you kind of eventually, maybe once they've taken some initial steps, you've, you've delivered some initial service, then gradually they can kind of transition to okay, maybe I want you guys more involved than even this level, and so you kind of go from where they're at and low end, low low end pricing and just starting fees, and then they can kind of transition and gradually evolve into more of a full service relationship, whereas you know other attorneys, you know, might start from the top and go. Well to handle your entire case you're looking at 3,000 to 5,000 but if you can't afford that we can do this and that and and, and I think the the way people receive that it seems like it'd be you know a very different feeling like well I really you know ideally I should have this big amount of money but if I if I don't have that then they'll work with me is a lot different than oh you you know where are you at now we can do this for you how do you feel about that how do you feel about that and then gradually kind of working their way up to you know, maybe even a full scope relationship if that's something they can afford and and that they want.
1: Right, and and, and it puts them at ease a little bit. They come in already worried about exorbitant fees, and so when you can start somewhere around the bottom, it, it makes them feel a little bit more secure that you're actually looking out for them.
0: Right, exactly, and it's also a kind of a much lower, more comfortable barrier to entry.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: where folks can just can just get a chance to get to know you start working and coming in and just knowing, Hey, you know, either way I'm going to come out of here with, you know, some service from these guys. And, and then once they've had a chance to work with you, then they can kind of go take some of the next steps from there if they would need continued service. Right. Okay. And so if you are personally able to, to make the call, maybe what's, what can you do a little bit more? What, what, what's the next level that you kind of bring into that call? What's the, the martial styles flair that you've been developing, that maybe you can't train into a script or give your staff the the ability to to kind of repeat and just get get people in the door and meeting with you. If you're the one to do the call, what you what is it the same exact process, or do you are you able to go a little bit more in depth? Is it different at all from when you take the call versus one of your team members?
1: It's it's definitely different because we don't need an intake really when I do it <laughs> because right. because I go through. It's hard to shut up an attorney. And so I just go through it, and by the time I'm done with them on the phone, they're usually coming in and signing documents. So I have a very good closing rate when I call myself, and so that that works very well. But ultimately, you know, when they come in, I'm a very laid-back person. We have just just enough in our office that we're not terribly pompous uh, we're not real ostentatious, but we're well put together, but it's very practical. When I do a home appointment, which I do, uh, they see me roll up in my little HHR with blue flames. I'm not in some kind of, uh, you know, a BMW or anything like that. And so I think it puts them just at ease coming in and kind of having, uh, just, uh, not a homey atmosphere, because it is a business atmosphere, but they can tell it's laid back the way the staff is and the way they interact, and everybody smiles and, and says hello to them regardless of whether they're talking to them or not. Um, and so we just try to develop that rapport from the get-go.
0: Great. And and you mentioned, I think you mentioned briefly there you have home appointments. Maybe can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yes, there's a lot of people. It's amazing how many people contact us that are on disability, and that's very trying because as an attorney, you know that you can't sue them for any money. Oh, they're exempt, and so you have to be a little careful with that. Now, they might not know that, and some attorneys will try to get their fees that way. We don't. Um, but we we take have to have that in the back of our heads because a lot of people think they can do just big things And they can't, but uh, because of their being disabled, a lot of times I have to go out to their home. So not too many attorneys offer house calls, and we explain to them, you know, usually we can fill them out. Most people, if it's a little lady calling, I have no problem going up to their home. If it's a, a guy calling, a little bit different, and we'll make sure that I go and I'm escorted by somebody. But we uh, we do make those home appointments for people that can't get out, and we also walk, work long distance. We had one client go through unbundled website that we wound up representing fully. He was in Maine. I never did meet him in person, but we did everything electronically, and there's not a lot of attorneys that even want to do that. So mm. we just try to think out, outside the box to accommodate our clients so that they're not running all over the place.
0: Right, or if they're not in a position to come in and – and and do you do you kind of factor in a little bit of travel time there when and and do you maybe normally you would have it be just a you know strictly no cost consultation, but if you're going out to do a home visit, is there a little bit different fee structure do you do you typically charge a fee to come to them
1: no no I don't usually it's good word of mouth oh. advertising i it sometimes you don't see it for a year or two, but usually when I'm visiting with somebody. Uh, They'll usually wind up calling me back for something, even if they don't retain me right then. I have had a lot of people, by the way, when I do their family law case, the first thing we discuss towards the end of their case is estate planning, because they just fought hard for these kids and this money, and if they died, guess who gets to control everything? The ex that they didn't want to have anything. And so we start talking about estate planning, and you really can spin off into other areas of the law. And when I go out to their homes, it's a great opportunity. They have all their documents with them. They, uh, they're they more laid back because this is their turf, not mine. You can usually get a lot of information just from their surroundings that you might not get in the office.
0: Oh, that, that's really interesting. Okay, great. So, And they must be really... Uh... Really pleased to hear that uh, as an attorney, you'd be open to coming and meet with them. Uh, I'm sure that when they say, Well, I'm not able to come in the office, oh, that's okay. We could come to you, that they must feel pretty good about that.
1: Yes, and and, and it's a funny thing because I actually follow up with clients if they have a death in the family. This sounds morbid, but I go to the funerals. I make sure that I do things like that, and they are just tickled to death. Look, my attorney actually thought enough of me to come. Of this person to come to the funeral, and you'd be surprised—they introduce you to everybody there, and it's you just get so many good referrals. So when you when you do things like that, you're representing more of an old-time doctor that makes house calls kind of feel, and a lot of people really appreciate that.
0: Wow. Okay. Great. What What is it for you that you think is one of the the, the keys are the core, or the things that really contribute to your ability to be so successful with, you know, closing those deals over the phone. And maybe what have you learned over the years on that initial call that really uh, helps you be so effective at uh, getting people in and, and you know, ready to sign the deal right from that initial call? What contributes to that? Do you think to, to the most?
1: A lot is just because I really care about people, and I convey that. I, I'm a straight shooter. I will tell somebody if they're being an sob. <laughs> and and, and they get a little shocked at it, but, you know, I, I think they appreciate it. That's probably my East Coast coming through because in the Midwest they don't expect that. But usually I'm very to the point. I try not to waste their time, and I'm very honest with them. And, you know, a lot of attorneys, in my experience, people have gotten burnt because an attorney will say, oh, yeah, this is just $1,500. Give me that and we'll get, take care of it. And then two months later, oh, you need another 1500 And they lead them on like that, whereas I go in from the very beginning and say, listen, it's going to be about 18 months, and at the end of the day, you're going to be spending about $8,000. Uh, you need to be prepared for that. And they really they appreciate it. I mean, if they can't afford it, at least, they're not starting something and throwing good money after bad Um, I also let them know that if I have to withdraw for non-payment it's a reality of life um, that I'll set them up in a position where they can take off on their own and do just fine Um, and and true story I had somebody contact me this week that I had to withdraw on her case I had it all set up Uh, now this guy had a drug past. he and, um, when he came into the office, you know he was not very well put together at all, and so we I said the first thing if you want me to represent you, you need to start going to these meetings and this meeting we're gonna do this, that, and the other thing, and uh this is all on your own you're not I'm not charging you for this, this is what you're gonna do if you really want to be a dad and um, I did have to withdraw, but when I did. The only thing he had to do is show up for his default judgment. Everything was set up. He represented himself, got the divorce, which in turn allowed him to get his kids back in a juvenile proceeding. He sends me a message yesterday. They did a hair follicle test on him, and it came out negative. And I gave him a real good attaboy, and um, I, I told him how proud I was of him. See, I mother everybody, and. Um, <laughs> He, he he said it honestly brought tears to his eyes that I was still supporting him like that. And that's kind of the relationship I just build up with people. So so that's they wonderful. need to know that they're they're valued. They need to know that, listen, business is business. It doesn't mean that you're a horrible person or I'm a horrible bi- person, but if it has to be that way, we're going to plan for it. And if you can't pay me, we're going to just plan that you're going to be in the position where you can take off on your own and, and survive. And so far, I've had clients come back later on and say, okay, here's my credit card. Take $100 out a month until you're paid off, even though um, I withdrew long before that because I set them up in a position to succeed. And I think that unbundled really helps with that because you can see how you can do it in these segments once you start doing limited scope.
0: Hmm. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. So. You know, you're really kind of starting them low touch to high touch as far as the options you're providing. Maybe can can you get a little specifics so you, so you have the kind of one hour where you just give them advice and coaching. Maybe took a look at their paperwork, and then you have kind of a flat rate bundle where you'll prep everything for them, and then you have the option where they kind of prep and then you review and correct and give it back to them. Um, can you kind of walk through those options, and then from there, what's the full representation? I mean, we can kind of dive into how you work with people when you're doing more of a full scope of representation?
1: Well, um, if you were coming to me and you had, you were going through a divorce, um, I would absolutely say to you, well, you know, first of all, let's let, I'm sorry that you're going through this. Nobody wants to go through a divorce. You know, I, I try, let's try to relate on that level right now and, and, and get to, you know, the person has a lot of these feelings and, and you don't want to come at it just cold and hard and, Bam, bam, bam. So it's good to emphasize, and and so you just, well, what, you know, what's going on? And I'm so sorry to hear about that. And okay, so now what what do you think you would What would you like to see happen? You know, in this proceeding, if you you could do whatever you want and it ha- turn out to be the way you want it, what would it be like? Sometimes we'll say, well, I want custody of the kids or, you know, she's a good mom and, and and she can have, I just want to be able to see my kids. Um, and then, okay, you ask if she's filed or anything and if she hasn't, you ask them if they're able to get along. Because if they can get along and come to a decision together, it's so much better than having a third party that doesn't know them make a decision. Um, And we kind of talk a little bit about what they want to see come out of this and a little bit about just the court process that they file something and that the other person has 30 days to answer. And if they don't, you can get what's called a default. But if they do answer, then you'll start the process of discovery and you explain what that's like and what they need to have in advance of that. And you just give them this little education. And then you ask them, well, you know, have you, you you reached me through this unbundled attorney website do you understand what limited scope is and um... a lot of times they'll just say nope, don't know what it means and so the answer to that would be okay and in, in, in that setting there are certain forms that you can find online so that you can represent yourself without the need of an attorney and especially when you're strapped for, for cash it, it might be the way to go, especially if you're getting along and you think you can uh, work this out together. You can you can use those forms and then file them, and then we can always come in and check those forms for you and even make your court appearances if that would make you com- more comfortable. <clears throat> and then we ask them, well, what do you think about that? Uh, have you ever looked at those forms? And if they say no, we ask them, well, do, would you like to look at those forms before we continue our conversation? And and sometimes they will say yes and a lot of times they will say, well, I'm not so sure. I mean, this is my children so I'm not sure if I would want to do that. And so then you can say, then I say to them, well, we can do it where we draft you some of those forms. That way um, they're tailored to your situation. We take into account um, the activity of the parties that led up to this thing, uh, the special needs of the kids if there are any, and we can draft it for you, and then you can file if you'd like, and then you're off to a firm footing. And after that, if you would like, any time that you have a form that they give you that you need help with, you can come see us and we'll help you with that. Or if you just feel like it's too much for you, you're getting it over your head, it's kind of like wrestling you can tag team and we can take over from there Um, but at least by doing that you're not going to pay an attorney to get up to speed with everything Um, and we talk about different methods of of achieving their goals and doing it within their financial abilities especially if they are on disability they have a fixed income and, and very little disposable income to speak of sometimes we'll talk to them and um, it's not something that's pressing. So we'll let them know that they can actually put it on layaway if they'd like, and they could make payments in, to our trust account. And then when they're ready to do something, they'll have that in there, and we can work from that at, when it builds up to, to a certain amount. Um, so we just try to think outside the box, and then we explain what full representation looks like. And sometimes uh, the cost between what they're looking at in limited scope and the full representation. Sometimes there's not a lot of difference, so you might as well just go and do the full representation. And then we talk about the payment plans that are available with that and how we structure that. So we just try to first find out what their income is like and not just theirs, but anybody in the household that might contribute, whether they have family members that might be willing to assist them. We take into account if they're calling around tax season, are they going to get a refund? And and we try to plan with within the means that they have.
0: Right. By the way, that was a really interesting idea as far as maybe if they need the, the retainer fee, a lot of attorneys will say, okay, well, once you have the thousand or the 1500, then call us back and we'll get started. But, it sounds like you'll say, okay, well, look, what what you can do is you can start making payments towards that into the trust account, and kind of get that built up, and then when we have it to a certain level, then we're you know then you, then we move forward and file and get started. Is it, so you kind of work with them on building a structure to have them start kind of saving up that money sometimes as well.
1: Absolutely, because then they have a goal, and if they're contributing something like that on a regular basis, they're more apt to use it. Number one. Uh, they're more apt not to sit on their on their keister and not do anything about the situation that they need to do something about. But I also explain to them that if I don't earn it, I'm not allowed to keep it. And that puts them at ease. Um, and it's it, it, the worst case scenario for them in that case is that they've just accumulated some money and set it aside that if they don't choose to go forward with their legal action, they can still get their money back. So it's it's not really something that they're they're losing.
0: Absolutely, and I think when you're creating the structure for them and you've kind of set up that arrangement and that money is going into the account, they're not tempted to spend it on other things, and it kind of creates a structure in which they know that they're moving forward towards accomplishing their legal goal, and they have someone kind of supporting them in that and building a financial plan to make that happen.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's wonderful. OK, great. So for the clients that maybe are a little bit further out or for other areas, you're originally working in St. Louis and, and Kansas City. Now you have, you know, an attorney practicing there up till that point where you so you were kind of batching appointments, you know, every every month or every couple of weeks where you would meet with a handful of clients at any given time and then and then kind of schedule them all together so that you could make one trip and then and, and address each one. Uh, one at the time uh, uh, at the same time
1: yeah what we would say is that okay we're currently scheduling for let's say you know may 6 we're currently scheduling for may 6 we have an availability at 10 Is this convenient for you uh, or if you think your matter is more urgent we certainly can get to you on on the phone if you would like and give them the option that way they don't feel like we're putting them off but you know they have the opportunity for a face-to-face but if they really are panic-stricken and want to talk to somebody sooner they can easily talk to us on the phone, and we also do Skype, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, and a couple others that we do.
0: Great. Well, this has been this has been an excellent call. I have maybe you know a couple more questions, and then we can wrap it up. Um, one question we typically ask, you know, is just if you if there's any current technologies like a client management system or Dropbox or something that you've you've developed to, you know, help you guys be more effective at managing cases and and keeping track of them or, you know, billing tools or anything that you've, you've found that's been very useful in your practice?
1: Well, right now I'm just, I'm old schooling it and I'm using a series of Excel spreadsheets, Word, and Access. We are looking into getting some software, but I'm a little gun shy. I have not found anything that just totally flips my skirt, so... I like to play things a little close to the vest because migrating your cases onto some case management software is very taxing. I've got a little bit of a computer background and so I can I can do pretty well with what I got, but it could be better, absolutely. So, we're explore, sure, okay. we're exploring more efficient ways to use things.
0: Yeah, and we had a we had a webinar recently with a, a client management software that was that's been working pretty well. That's Clio, which a number of our attorneys have been using. So if you haven't seen that, maybe I'll have our our team send that to you because that's a a very complete service. We've met with them and it seems like it's a good fit. So we can pass along some information on that. And then I guess my final question would be just more generally speaking, if we kind of zoom out, you've been taking, you know, maybe we can give some context about how many leads do you typically receive on either like a weekly, daily or, or monthly basis to give uh give folks a little bit of context on how many leads you've received, given that we've been working for you know over two years now
1: boy it does it does vary um I can tell you in February we had about twenty two uh leads come in, and we probably had let's see we i think we had in february it, it was it was a month that I was not here fully because i I had my vacation planned. So I think we only closed on about about one-third of those. Um, mm-hmm. Usually it's a little bit higher. But
0: well, you're certainly taking a pretty high volume, you know, 20 to 30. I think, you know, even recently it's been continuing to ramp up. So you've been uh, kind of really dialing in a system with a lot of leads coming in.
1: Yeah, and, and it's a great way to explore new territory because uh, I would have never have tried to o- open an office in another location that's on the other side of the state without having some kind of resource available to garner the because I'm not there to to network and do all the things that I would normally do to build up a practice on a constant basis so right now what I do is I go there and I do my networking and my marketing but I'm not wasting my efforts on something that's not going to come to fruition because I have these leads coming in from this area now and so I know that there's something steady coming in on the other side of the state enough to justify hiring an attorney to make my appearances for me, and then ultimately now he went from that to actually working up the cases, meeting with the clients, and and now we're looking at actually having that second physical office. So that would have never been able to transpire without this service. And so I'm taking that model and we're working up St. Louis, and when we get that developed as we're doing it, then I'm spending more time down there and, and building it up more in some other practice areas And then I can look and say, well, what about this county here? We're really not servicing that county, and it looks like something that might be of interest. And then I can ask for leads just on a test basis from that area, and luckily there's no contract to buy me in for a certain amount of time. So I can get leads from a whole new area, and if I don't like what I'm seeing, I can just discontinue it, no questions asked, and maybe try a different area after that.
0: Yep, absolutely, and I and I think maybe if I remember correctly from two years ago, I remember you had uh, a vision of creating a Midwest Legal Services for the entire state of Missouri. Am I incorrect about that?
1: Well, is that, truthfully, uh, the reason why we chose the name Midwest Center for Law and Justice is because it can go outside of the boundaries of the state of Missouri. I'm getting licensed in Arkansas, so we can have an office down there. Um, We can have an office just about anywhere within the middle range states under this banner and do just fine. That's kind of one of the nice things about having a name and not using your personal name. When you sell off the business, the goodwill that goes with it, the name goes with it, and that really helps drive up the value of the business when you're selling it.
0: Interesting. Absolutely. And uh, okay, great. So if anybody for those, wants you know, to have a
1: franchise, hey, call me. No, I'm just teasing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you might get some calls. So, uh, but, you know, certainly, you know, for attorneys that, you know, have been kind of focusing on one local region, uh, there certainly is a possibility, given that you can have confidence that you're going to be able to get a consistent number of clients in a new region to start thinking about whether, you know, you, you do have expansion goals and want to start looking into other markets, either within your state or wherever you're licensed in. Uh, as she, you know, you've, you've clearly been successful in being able to do that in St. Louis. And, and uh, so there's certainly a a pathway to do so. And so then I guess my final question was going to be, you know, so we worked together for a couple of years, you're taking 20, 30 leads a month. What have you learned, you know, generally speaking over the overarching in fielding leads and work with these clients that maybe you've learned from mistakes or just generally speaking, you found are the, you know, the bet, the one thing for you or the main thing for you that you've developed over the years that, yeah, has been maybe the the most important aspect of being successful with, with converting these clients and, and, and servicing their needs?
1: Honestly, uh, just be very honest with people. Uh, the sooner you can contact them, the better, and the most honest answer you can give them, even if it hurts. They appreciate it. And, you know, don't talk over people's heads. Just meet, meet them at their level, and they appreciate that.
0: Great. Well, i got to say, Marcia, I, I've really uh, enjoyed this chat and, and catching up with you again. Couldn't be more happy about uh, the, you know, the way you've been working with the clients, that the results you've been seeing. And, and uh, I'm excited about uh, your expansion goals and being a part of that and, and doing whatever we can to support you as, uh, as we continue to work together moving forward.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, too.
0: All right. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. And for everyone else that's listening... Uh, We appreciate uh, you guys jumping in on these calls. And until next time, thanks again for listening. For more information about how our lead generation services can help you grow your practice, visit our website at www.unbundledattorney.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Once again, thanks for listening.